Turn in your Bibles and you're going to see a little change. I didn't mention this for the scripture reading. Um, Psalm 56 this morning, page 316 in the Bibles are provided. As you're turning there to Psalm 56, I want to remind you uh, to use these guest cards. Um, they're also prayer request cards. Use them for both things. If you're visiting today or haven't filled one of these out before, we'd encourage you to do so. But I've invited and encouraged all of you to use this card to let us know about people that you're praying for to come to faith in Christ. We want to join you in those prayers. We want to pray for you as you look for opportunities uh, to reach out to them. And as I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I I told you last week that um, somebody came up to me after the service and said, I was one of those people that somebody was praying for on on the Wednesday night prayer list, you know, for a long time before I came to Christ. And they were really glad that we, that guy was really glad that we did this. So I encourage you, you don't have to write their full names down, just their first names, put your name on the card and then their names. And we'll put that on the prayer list because every Wednesday night uh, and beyond that, others of us use that, that list a lot, but um, at least every Wednesday night, uh, we'll be praying for you and your friend or relative or coworker um, that, uh, that they would come to faith in Christ because this is God's work. He uses us. But it's his work. He's the only one that can, can convince someone and convict them of their sins. He's the only one that can let them know that what we're talking about from the word of God, the person and, and work of Jesus Christ, that he's, that he's truly the son of God and that he's worthy of our putting our trust and belief in. Uh, God has to do that for them, and so that's why we pray. But anyway, Psalm 56 now. Um, a Psalm of David. In most of your um, Bibles... Um, will mention that this is this psalm was written at a time when David uh, was in jail. Um, he was under arrest um, by the Philistines uh, when he was in Gath. This was before he was king. He had already been anointed king, but Saul didn't recognize God's anointing of David. And so Saul was pursuing him, trying to kill him, and David then got caught by the Philistines, which happened a number of times in his life. And so this is a psalm that David wrote in a personal crisis. Now, he wasn't alone. He had men with him, so it wasn't just his crisis. But this is David's crisis, and this is how he handled it. Be merciful to me, O God, for men hotly pursue me. All day long, they press their attack. My slanderers pursue me all day long. Many are attacking me in their pride. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? All day long, they twist my words. They are always plotting to harm me. They conspire. They lurk. They watch my steps, eager to take my life. On on no account let them escape in your anger, O God. Bring Bring down the nations. Record my lament. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, 
whose word I praise. In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, O God. I will present my thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Praise God. What a statement. None of us have ever experienced exactly what David experienced. Oh, we've had people hate us before, and we may, have, we may currently have people that hate us. Um, it may feel sometimes like there's a whole group of, of really mean people looking for ways to, to cut us down and to, and to bring us down. It maybe happens to us sometimes at work. Uh, it may happen to us sometimes at school. But none of us have experienced the, you know, the depths of the, of the trickery and the deceit that, that David was undergoing as he was in this time of, of flight from Saul. People were after him from every angle, from every direction. When you read the, the, the story of his life and you read the Psalms, you see so many times where he would, you know, he'd be hiding on one side of a huge rock and, and, and Saul's armies would be on the other side. So when he uses terminology like, be my rock of refuge, he knew what he was talking about. He knew what a rock of refuge could do for someone. But he knew all these things as he writes this psalm because he, long before the birth of Christ, long before the death of Christ, long before the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, David had a relationship with God by faith. He believed that God was going to provide the Messiah who he did provide. And by faith in that Messiah, by faith in those promises of God, David knew that he was in a right standing, in a right relationship with God. Not because of good things he had done. If you read the life of David, you know that he had plenty of things in his life that weren't right. He had plenty of occasions when he did not respond properly. Plenty of days when he didn't write something as wonderful and as beautiful as this. He knew that about himself. But he was trusting in God for his salvation. And that is what gave him the security that he needed to be able to face the difficulties that he was facing. And this is just one example of difficulties that he faced. And here we are today. We're facing difficulties. Long before 2020 started, and I encourage us to start looking at things from God's perspective, to have a 2020 view of things, thinking of of good vision, right vision, perfect vision, we were going through difficulties. We had some of us have been fighting with health issues, some of us have been fighting with, with loss. Some of us have been having real trouble at work or, or trying to find work. You know, others of us have trouble with relationships within our own families or at work or, or with people in the different associations that we're part of. We, all of us, have trouble. All of us face, face difficulties. And then now in 2020, we compound that with coronavirus. And we compound that with an election time. And we compound that with stock market correction, or call it whatever else you want to call it. 
And the result of all of those things, the trouble that we were having before, and then you add on all those things, and then to top that off, you find your information from the American press. And we got trouble. Because who do you believe? I mean, is a fist pump just as bad as a shake? How do you know? How do you find that out? Does the mask work for people that have it to not give it, or does it help keep you from getting it also? I've heard both. How do you know? Well, what about the one, I just saw this advertised yesterday, what about the one that has that little filter thing in it, and it's only 50 bucks? What about that one? Is that one going to work? If you want to try it, I'm not going to laugh at you. I understand. Do We do our best. That's what I was trying to tell the kids. They've been listening to you, help them. You've been helping them all their lives to do their best to stay away from germs and to stay away from stuff like this. Now we get this, this thing happening where all the time, everywhere we turn, you, you, you're reminded about it. And you're wondering about it. And then, and then the reports come in from, you know, it's not just China, then it's South Korea, and then it's also Italy, and, and, and it's also Iran, and then it's also you know, Taiwan, it's also the United States. You know, and is it going to come here? And we don't know. But what we do know is this. If we, like David, this one who started out a shepherd boy, and, as a, and, and from those experiences out in, that, in those fields with those sheep, wrote such great psalms as Psalm 23, you know, where, where we can really understand God as our shepherd and how Jesus used that same analogy in his own ministry, talking about himself as being the shepherd for the sheep. We have a shepherd. If we have a shepherd like David did, if we know God like David did, and remember that knowing of God is through faith in his son. Even before his son came, his son was promised. And those that believed in God, those that believed God's word, they were also saved just as we are. They were made right right with God just as we are through faith in God's promise of his son. And if we have that same relationship that David did, then we can say with David, no matter what the difficulties might be, and some of us might just not even be a bit concerned about the coronavirus or about the stock market or about the election or any of those kind of things. But there's going to come a time, there's going to come a place when you're going to be concerned about something. And you're going to be tempted to be afraid. You're going to be tempted to be anxious. And you're going to realize from God's word that that is a normal temptation, just as as Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that no temptation seizes us except for what is common to man. You're going to realize you're being tempted to be, to be scared. You're being tempted to be anxious. And you're going to remember these words of David. Listen to what he said. Looking at verse 3. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. He didn't say, if I'm ever afraid. He knew himself. He knew he was afraid right then. He's writing these words. But look at how he conquered that fear. 
Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? You see what David did? He stopped for that moment when he was in fear, and he remembered whose he was. He remembered that he belonged to God. The God who had given him his word. And remember, David's Bible wasn't as thick as ours. So thank God we have even more than David did. But David had enough of it to know the great promises that God had made. To know that he could ask a question like this, I trust in God, so what can man do to me? And and you could expand that further. I trust in God, so what can losing my job do to me? I trust in God, so what can somebody not liking me or somebody hating me do to me? Or I trust in God, so what can any kind of sickness or illness, including the mysterious coronavirus, what can that do to me? You know what the answer to the question is? The literal answer to the question is, what can man do to me? Man can really be mean and ugly and hateful and even kill me. That's the facts. Just like all these other things can eventually, could eventually do too. So the answer to David's question when he says, what can man do to me? The answer isn't nothing. A man can do a lot to me. But compared to what God has promised me, even the worst that man or illness or bad circumstances in a country or in a family, the worst that those things can do to me is nothing compared to what God has promised me. And so what we need to do, as David did, because remember, it was in God's word that David was, was finding the reason to trust God. And he says that a couple of times in this passage. That needs to be the theme of our lives also. We need to, and I've said this before a couple of times at least, we need to be learning and refreshing our knowledge of the word of God all the time. We need that. David needed it. David had big big trouble. So do we. We need to be refreshed regularly and to be around the people who remind us regularly of the promises of God. We need this all the time. This isn't just for right now. This isn't just in 2020. We need this 2020 vision on God's view of of difficulties and, 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 and crises. We need his vision on these things all the time. And the only way we get it is through his word. Like David did. That's how he knew he could make that statement. When I am afraid, I will trust in God. How do you know you can do that? Read about those who did it and see what God did for them. And even those who God allowed man to take the full distance all the way to death, we know the promise that Jesus Christ himself made. When he said, I am going to prepare a place for you. So that when this life is over, no matter how it ends, and none of us know that 
at all, no matter how this life ends, we, by faith in Jesus Christ, have the assurance that we are going to be instantly in the presence of God. David knew that. That's why he was able to say, what can man do to me? Oh, they can imprison me. They can whip me. They can, they can lie about me. They can do all these things. They can even kill me, but they can't take away what God has done for me when he saved my soul. When he saved me from all of my sins. And remember, David was well aware of his sins, just as all of us who have put our trust in Christ are aware of our sins. And if you haven't put your trust in Christ yet, remember, he is aware of your sins. Even if you think that you've sinned more than, than, than he could forgive, I want you to know you haven't. The word of God says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And it says that the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not just a few, not just those who are minor sinners. There are no minor sinners. All of us were serious first-degree sinners. And we still are. But we're saved. Absolutely saved through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And resting in that salvation, we have the confidence that we need to face any of the difficulties that we face. We're armed with the word of God, and the word of God arms us with with another great weapon of defense in these times of trouble. The word of God arms us with the body of Christ. Not just the worldwide body of Christ that is made up of every single person who believes. And that's a wonderful body to be a part of. And we enter into that body the moment we receive Christ. But it's also a great thing to be a part of the local body of Christ. And what I want you to know about our relationships here at Midway is no matter what happens through this current crisis, God's going to get us through it as individuals and as families, but God is also going to use us as a body to help each other through it. Just as we help each other through the the other crises of, of life, if this thing that we're facing turns into a major deal, we're going to get through it together. We're going we're gonna to stay in touch with one another. We're going to help each other through the, the various things that happen because of whatever that crisis might be. And if nothing happens of this crisis, when something does come along that, that, that hits us all, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to get through it together. Because that's what the local body of Christ is all about. I was checking our supplies that we started accumulating for the impending doom of the year 2000. So we've got some 20-year-old Dinty Moore stew. <laughs> that's ready. For, that, we're ready. You know, Chef Boyardee has no expiration date. No, it probably does. We, we, we would probably find that out. So we're, we're going to clean that up a little bit. All right. That, that was the last big scare. Didn't hurt us to buy a few extra cans of 
you know, Chef Boyardee. And um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's what you should do, okay? I'm just saying I found one of those cans on our shelf, okay? We're all going to do what we can do. And if at any point that doesn't turn out to be enough, then we're going to help each other. If it comes down to, you know, you know I know nobody's going to come knocking at my door <laughs> for help since they know I've got 20-year-old Chef Boyardee. You know, you're, you're going to go to somebody else's house. But we're going to help each other. We're, we're going to do what the body of Christ has always done, what the local body of Christ has always done. We're, we're going to help each other through it. We're going we're to look after each other. Lots of us have family really close by, and, and your family might really be able to help take care of, of your needs and you, their needs, and all those kind of things. Great, but we're still going to check in. Even if, even if it gets to a point where we can't gather together. And we, we might think, well, that, well, that's extreme. Well, it could happen. It could happen on a temporary basis, or depending on what happens with any given election, it could happen you know, on a rel- relatively permanent basis. If you don't believe me, you know, well, I would say just go to China, but you can't. Um, but they've experienced that. You know, I remember, I remember in uh, 1997 when, when Sherry and I were in China to pick up Sam, our adopted son. Um, there, was, there was a big movement in the United States to believe that, that China was, was fully giving the freedom of religion. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. While we were there, f- um, former ambassador um, to the UN, Andrew Young, former mayor of Atlanta, was in China trying to convince Americans that the Chinese had, had completely given freedom of religion to their people. And we're, the people that we were hanging around were part of the underground church. And... They said, that guy has no idea what he's talking about. He's believing what those authorities are telling them. And when they find the right opportunity, all the people that come out of the cracks and register in the government with, with a particular church, as the government was, was in asking them to do, and there were various reasons behind it, they said, there will come a time when that registration will end up getting them killed or getting them put in prison, or getting them separated from, from their families, or, get, or costing them their job, or whatever the case may be. And you know what's been happening in great detail and in great number over the past five years? Those who registered are being arrested, are being harassed, churches are being shut down, all different kinds of things. Like Just like they knew it was going to happen, they weren't going to register, they knew better. But a lot of people fell for that. And so I say, you know, us not being able to meet seem, you know, seems like a crazy thing because we've always been able to meet. You know, for the 60 years that I've been alive, I've always been able to go to church every single Sunday. Even before I was born, Mom took me to church. But there could come a time, even in the United States of America, when people like us who believe what we believe about the Lord Jesus Christ and about his word, when we might be prohibited from, from meeting. But you know what? That would not stop. Midway Community Church. Because we'll figure out ways, as God's church always has. We'll figure out ways 
to gather ourselves together. It may not be in a larger group. It'll be in smaller groups. We may have to do what some of the people do in the, in, in the Mideastern East, East countries where they have to duct tape their door under their doors and put stuff up around their windows and stuff so nobody can even hear them talking in there. We may have to do stuff like that, but it won't stop us. And we will do that for each other, and we will take care of each other, and we will do all that we can to meet each other's needs, even to the death. Because that's where it leads sometimes. But even David wasn't afraid of even to the death when he said, In God I will trust what can man do to me. Even though he knew that man could do something pretty drastic to him, he also knew as he said, as he said at the end, he said, I may walk before God in the light of life. That is all of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is all of us who have been saved by his grace through the work that he did for us on the cross and who are a part of his body. And so let me encourage you this morning. First, If you're not a part of the worldwide, all generations of time, body of Christ, because you haven't received Jesus, receive him. Receive this assurance that we're talking about, that David knew, that those of us who know Christ know. Receive that assurance by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And if you already know him, if you're already a part of the worldwide body of Christ, but aren't a part of a local body of Christ, let me encourage you, let me urge you, become a part of the local church. And I would, I would recommend this one because this is the one that we're in right now, and, and I know this one pretty well. And remember, the church isn't a building, the church is the people. And so let me say to you, if you're not a part of this body, let me recommend this body to you. And now, in saying that, just take a a moment to look around. And you might say to yourself, what? You're recommending this crew? And I'm saying, yes, they're not perfect. But I know that if you commit to them, they will commit to you. And as, as as, as they have helped me They will help you no matter what the storm might be, no matter what the trial might be, and you also will help them. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. And so let me encourage you. Become a part of God's body, the body of Christ worldwide, universal, all believers everywhere of all time by receiving Christ. And also, become a part of the local body of Christ because he has provided us this wonderful tool to help us whenever we face difficulty, whether it be as individuals or if it becomes a a worldwide or national or statewide or area-wide crisis, we will have each other to help us through no matter what because that's what Jesus does through his body. And we are his body. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your grace through your Son, Jesus, 
to make us a part of your family, of your kingdom, of your body. And we thank you for all of your body, for all time, including David that we read of this morning, including all the other great saints from your word and those who have have led your church, been a part of your church, your body, for all these years since your word was written. We thank you for making us a part of that through faith in Jesus. It's amazing that you would accept people like us into your family. And Father, there are some here this morning that that think that's too amazing. They still doubt that you would accept them into your family because of their sinfulness. Help them know by the power of your Holy Spirit, even now as we pray. Help them know your love. Help them know your forgiveness. Help them know the truth of your word, that you will save anyone who calls on your son. So give them the courage and the faith, the belief that Jesus will do exactly what he said he would do. That he would make every single one of us who receive him, who believe on his name, the children of God. And Father, for those who are a part of your worldwide body, but still aren't a part of your local church. Give them the courage and faith also to step by faith into the relationship with real people living for you. With all of our imperfections and all of the difficulties that we might cause each other, that they would come and be a part of of making us stronger, of making us better, of being more equipped to help each other through the great days when it's easy and through the tough days when it's really hard. Help us, Father, to unite ourselves together under your word, under the lordship of our Savior Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to shine brightly for you no matter what our difficulty might be, no matter what man may try to do against us, that we would be able to stand firm and shine for you until the day we meet you face to face. When, as we sang earlier, we will stand before you, not dressed in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ, who died for us and who rose again, We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.